Bolo, there we go. All right, recording now. <clears throat> Are you sure this time? Yes, because I see the the banner. It says, "Let everyone know they're being recorded." Uh, I guess Matt, this is my formally me formally telling you that this conversation is being recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> no, not quality assurance. It'll, it'll never it'll never get posted. Two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real. Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. Uh, welcome to the 2M Football Podcast. I'm in the virtual studio, as always, Matt, on the road on, on his way to Minneapolis, right? So you're going to see the Packers game in person against Minnesota. Is that why you're going there? Uh, absolutely. It's definitely not a work-related trip. Uh... Because that would be not fun. <laughs> Do you have your Kirk Cousins flag? Uh, yes. It is packed. It is in the bag. And it is ready. I have. So I got to the rental place early to hook up the button that will deploy the We Love <laughs> Kirk Cousins flag as soon as I cross the border. Excellent. <laughs> Can't wait to hear as how that know, plays I'm out. I'm usually a fan of talking mad crap. And then I wind up taking a business trip to the various city I just talked mad crap on. So <laughs> the, the trend continues. Yep. Well, I feel like in this case, you're more coming in as the savior, as a defender of Kirk Cousins from his own people. True. <laughs> Isn't that weird? But yeah, but the point remains. Uh, but yeah, let's. can you believe it? Week one, we're recording this on Tuesday. Two days from now, we're going to be watching a real live football game. I know I will be so ready to leave the store. Sorry, guys, I got to leave early. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's finally here. Talking about real, real games now. Uh, so on today's show, it's our week one preview. We're going to pick and predict every matchup. Go over some top storylines for each. Uh, and then, of course, we'll enter the fantasy corner to discuss our week one uh, matchups, and I also have the results of our Twitter poll, in which I posted both our teams and asked for Uh-oh. feedback. So I will let we'll go over those results as well. I don't know how uh, I feel about that. We got a whopping five votes, uh, but I'll let you in on the result when we get there. <laughs> All right, I will be driving with Antitious semi truck. It's out of my way. <laughs> All right, so let's. I've got them. I know we talked about doing a combined watchability index, but at least for this week, it's just me, just mine. As usual, the Mike's watchability index. So uh, we're going to start with... It'll always be yours, Mike. It'll always be (laughs) yours. I just happen to contribute occasionally. Are you talking about this segment or the entire podcast? Uh, (laughs) I played the fifth on that one. Fair enough. Okay, so Bills at Rams. First game of the season, and I've got it first on my list. Um, you know, defending Super Bowl champion as per tradition hosts the first game of the season. And 
uh, great matchup here, which is a possible Super Bowl preview with the Bills, who are expected to uh, make a deep playoff run this year. Yeah, and, I, um, I like that at yeah. the top of the list. And I think I picked the uh, Rams to get the home win and uh, get their season off to another strong start. Although not to, although I do like the Bills, not to take anything away from them. And I did actually, not pick yet, so here, it's happening now, it's happening live. Well, let me tell you if this is going to sway your opinion or not. Two-thirds of people oh. on the Pick'em game have picked the visiting Bills to to steal a win here. But I'm taking the Rams. No, I'm... I'm taking the bills on this one. I think they are. I think this is the year they are coming out and making a statement. And if they can make that statement early, I think it only increases the likelihood that they will be the team headed to the Super Bowl this year. So if they can come out and take down the defending champions, count me in. So I'm going to take the visiting bills. Cool. All right. Next one up for me, Raiders at Chargers, which I just I absolutely love this matchup. Uh, first of all, that the it's a rematch from week 18 of last year, which was basically a play-in game. The winner was going to make the postseason. Uh, obviously, the Raiders got the job done on that day. And uh, but both teams have made significant additions this offseason. This whole division is stacked. Uh, for the Raiders, they have a new head coach and Josh McDaniels. They traded for Devonte Adams, superstar wide receiver. And uh, for the Chargers, they traded for Khalil Mack. To bolster their pass rush, they brought in J.C. Jackson, corner and free agency. Although I think he's actually hurt for this game. He had a minor knee surgery a couple weeks ago, and he's going to miss the first couple games. But uh, in any case, Chargers have a great offense, and all the games in this division are going to be really fun this year. I've got the uh, Chargers at home. I will take the Chargers as well. Only simply the fact that the Raiders have to develop a new set of chemistry under a new head coaching staff. Uh, the addition of Devontae Adams, while probably won't take uh, Derek Carr too long to to start to mesh with that one, there's still going to be a little bit of time in the live action um, to, uh, to for everything to come together. And I think the Chargers made a better offseason play shoring up kind of the defensive side and some of their uh, – moving pieces so i have to vote with you and take the chargers yeah and 75 percent agree with us next one i've got up here chiefs at cardinals i think this is a pretty interesting matchup obviously you've got uh, Mahomes and his Mahomes and his brand new receiving core you know what's that going to look like this year and then on the Cardinals side they won't have deandre hopkins for the first six games due to suspension but this was also an explosive offense uh, when last year. So I, I see this with shootout potential. Could be a really fun high-scoring game. But I do have a question for you. Uh-oh. Who do you think took more notes? Me writing up this preview or Kyler Murray during his independent film study preparing for this game? You're going to find a way to work this <laughs> in every week, aren't you? This is the new Brett Favre reference, yeah. <laughs> Well, here's, uh, the, here's, here's yeah. the question for your question. Did they actually take that out of his contract, or did they say they took it out of his contract, and they really didn't? Because if it's in his contract, then I'm going to have to vote Kyler Murray simply because he can't be in <laughs> violation of his contract. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, and, and I think this could be fun to watch. I don't think there's much doubt in the outcome. I've got the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know how I feel about the Cardinals right now. Yeah. 
of Buccaneers at Cowboys. This is the Sunday night game. Weirdly enough, this is the same matchup as week one of last year, that, uh, though this, this time it's taking place in Dallas rather than Tampa. And uh, both teams have kind of a lot to prove after disappointing ends to their 2021 seasons. Both teams made the playoffs last year, but both fell short of the Super Bowl. Uh, Brady is back for Tampa, and not much has really changed for Dallas. I am taking the Buccaneers. Yeah, I feel like this is a little bit more interesting than the initial team names let on, right? Because everyone wants Brady. Everyone knows Dak. Um, the loss of Amari Cooper really changes the yeah. dynamic of the uh, of the Cowboys' offense. And actually, speaking I, of missing I, receivers, uh, Chris Godwin's still hurt for Tampa Bay, so he won't be there for this game, too. But go on. I love Godwin, but I don't know if that impacts the Buccaneers' offense as much as the loss of Amari Cooper uh, for Dallas. However, I feel like, again, as with the first pick, uh, with the Bills coming out to make a statement, I think this is Dallas's opportunity to start this season on the right foot. Um, again, we can't take too much through the first handful of weeks of the season, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. Chiefs last year were the bottom of their division, and look at where they went. But I'm going to take Dallas on this one. All right. Uh, next on my list here, the game will be played in the state that you're currently driving to, Packers at Vikings. It's always a fun divisional matchup in the NFC North. And uh, just like we talked about with Mahomes, uh, Rodgers also lost a stud wide receiver and has a new look receiving core. Uh, Vikings underwent significant changes this offseason, too, with new head coach um, O'Connell coming over from the Rams. That'll be a good test for the Packers defense, which is expected to be a good, very good unit this year. Uh, matchup to watch, definitely Justin Jefferson versus Jared Alexander on his new contract for the, in the Packers secondary. Uh, this was something I saw floated on, I forget where, somewhere on social media that I thought was interesting. For a, the second year in a row, the Packers starters didn't play any preseason snaps at all. And uh, last year, that led to a shocking week one game against the Saints where they got completely blown out and looked like they, I mean, they looked like it was a preseason game. It looked like they didn't know how to play football yet. And I remember see that. A scenario yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so that's that's something to watch for, I think, is will they stumble out of the gate again uh, th- uh, this year against the Vikings on the road? A little bit of injury news. Matt LaFleur is hopeful that cr- rookie receiver Christian Watson that they drafted at uh, the top of the second round will be healthy enough to play. Not sure what's going on with Alan Lazard right now. He missed. Uh, he's been out the last week from training camp and, or from practice preseason for undisclosed reasons. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, yeah, it's a new cast of characters in the receiving core and they're banged up already too. All that being said though, I still have to take the Packers. I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one, given the simple fact of the last time they played this card, you're exactly right. It looked like a a college or even a high school team took the field (laughs) And the game of football seemed to escape them. But, again, I always like the teams that have some level of continuity in between them. And there's been a lot of changes in Green Bay. A little bit more of a continuity side in uh, in Minnesota. So that I'm going to take Minnesota on this one. All right. 
Uh, Steelers at Bengals I've got up next. Mitchell Trubisky has been confirmed as the week one starter and also named a team captain uh, for the Steelers. Way to go, Mitch. And Yeah, right. So I don't know if that means that he's firmly entrenched as the starter or how long his leash will be with uh, how impressive the rookie picket looked in the offseason. Can you imagine being named a team starter and captain and you're on the field for a week? (laughs) Right. That's what I'm saying. That'd be kind of weird. So it seems like uh, it's Trubisky for the foreseeable future, which, of course, we have special interest in being from the Chicago area. In terms of the Bengals, uh, you know, Everyone remembers back to a year ago, they made a surprise run, winning the division. They swept Pittsburgh on the season in the process. And in the offseason, they addressed their one glaring weakness, which was the offensive line. So they, they have a new look offensive line with better veteran players, but they will also get a really good test week one against TJ Watt, one of the best, arguably the best pass rusher in the league right now. And I think it's a great test to come out of the gate to see if they really managed to fix the glaring issues that they had, which it seems like on paper they did, but yeah. who better than TJ Watt to really test that theory? Yep, exactly. I, I got the Bengals at home. Absolutely. As a as a fantasy owner at stake with Joe Burrow. <laughs> I've got Chase. I've got Jamar Chase, so I'm right with you there. Let's do it. <laughs> I've got uh, Patriots at Dolphins up next. I think this is pretty interesting. Obviously, inter- said that about interdivisional. Every game. <laughs> did I? Uh, it's always the worst part of listening it back when I'm editing this. I'm like, oh my god, I keep saying. I, I use the word crazy a lot. I've realized I need to cut, tone that down. And okay, I'm gonna stop saying this is interesting too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, appreciate the appreciate the live feedback. But uh, remember, rookie Mac Jones had a pretty impressive rookie season last year. They brought especially in... that game where he threw three passes. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, three passes. I think he completed two of them. So there you go. The Patriots issue for a while now has been a lack of skill position players, uh, despite their free agent splurge last offseason. They did trade for Devontae Parker, uh, Dolphins wide receiver, this past offseason. So a little revenge game going on for him to try to bolster that receiving core. Uh, but it, it still goes through the running game. This is a run-first offense. Under mm-hmm. under uh, Matt Patricia slash Joe Judge. And on the Dolphins side, I, I think they have a lot more intrigue with Tua Tagovailoa hoping to get off to a hot start after all the offseason moves they made, bringing in Tyreek Hill, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. Uh, they, they brought in uh, Jerron Armstead to upgrade their offensive line. So Dolphins, my Dolphins, my playoff sleeper Dolphins, have a lot of hope going into this season and i'm actually taking the dolphins at home to to get the win here i mean that's a i feel like that's a pretty safe bet with that i mean given the fact that it clearly seems like new england's gonna do what new england does where we're kind of unsure their whole game plan until like last minute it feels like um but you can see the splashes like you said the amount of movement that miami had in the offseason clearly trying to make a uh, good impression this year, but uh, New England's New England, and they always seem to surprise us. So I'm going to take yeah. the Patriots to take this one. I mean, <laughs> it's just I feel like every time we try to count them out in a matchup like this one, they find a way to win. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. And I'm really hoping that we're going to see kind of more of what Mac Jones can do since they added Devonte Parker. 
but like you said, it's kind of a, a running back by committee in New England to take the pressure off the young Mac Jones, but I'm excited to see what the kids got. Yeah, he he definitely, I would argue, was the best of the rookies last year. So we'll see how that translates into week into year two. All right, next up here, Broncos at Seahawks, the Monday night game. This is the ultimate revenge game. Obviously, Russell Wilson against his old team in his old home stadium in primetime. I don't. It doesn't get much better than that. The uh, especially given how heavy favorites. The Broncos will be going into this game. Uh, Having added Wilson, the Broncos are an immediate playoff contender. He has a great receiving core. uh, I mean, just like he did in Seattle, but a much more balanced team. That's that's the key there. Denver (laughs) is way more well-rounded than Seattle was. Although they did take on a draft a new lineman for protection. So yes, Seattle's in good hands. Top 10 pick on uh, Mr. Charles Cross, I believe was his name. But yeah, yeah, it's Gino. So it's Ross against Gino Smith. Um, obviously taking the Broncos, but it's going to be, I, I just, that's going to be an electric atmosphere in prime time. And, you know, Seattle is one of the hardest places to play in terms of like the home field advantage and the, what the crowd provides and all that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of reception he gets coming out out of the field. Um, I, I cannot wait to watch that. I'm definitely taking Denver, though. I mean, again, continuity and complete completeness. So Denver just makes sense to pick. They have the more well-rounded team. Seattle had one of the best defenses for the longest time. Most of those pieces have either moved on or retired. And now they've taken a key component out of their offense, which was the magician himself, Russell Wilson. So the only thing that makes sense right now is the Broncos. Don't get me wrong. Seattle has a potential to do decent this year, but it's going to take a little bit of while to revamp this offense around a Geno Smith style quarterback, as opposed to, you know, letting Russell kind of use his legs. Yeah, they do still have two of the best receivers in the league there and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but but they're going up uh, against a, a a pretty damn good defense, right? And a much you know lesser signal caller throwing them the ball. Let's move on. This is a game. I looking at it. I feel like I should have higher. 49ers at Bears, and the it might not sound too interesting off the bat, but it's two quarterbacks who were taken really high in the first round of last year's draft. Uh, now they're both week one starters for their respective teams. Of course, I'm talking about Trey Lance against uh, Justin Fields. And so that's fun right there. It has to be said that one of them has a lot more help around him on his team than the other. The 49ers are a very complete and balanced unit, whereas the Bears are severely lacking for talent right now. Uh, it's also the first game in, in under Matt Eberflus, the Bears' new head coach. They've got a new GM, too, so it's a completely new era in the Windy City. And I think it gets off to a rocky start here. I'm taking 49ers on the road. I mean, you kind of expect it, right? Anytime you have a head coaching change, a a front office change, and then you have a lack of skill position players, it really puts any rookie or even any veteran quarterback at a massive disadvantage versus we've said this how many times now, now I'm repeating myself, 
the more complete package team, which happens to be the Niners. That being said, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if the Bears decided to show their teeth week one, um, if nothing more than to show that Justin Fields is still their quarterback. Um, so I'm going to take yeah. the underdog in this one out of pure spite that I have for the 49ers. Wow. Okay. I, th- there's definitely a path here because the Bears have a good defense still. We think Trey Lance, or a lot of people think Trey Lance is going to be good, but nobody really knows what we're going to get from him in week one. His, I think it'll be his third career start. And I um, think this, I think what makes this fascinating is the fact of we have so many question marks. This game is an unknown entity. Trey yeah. Lance is going to go up against a pretty decent defense uh, team that are a team at least that has prided itself on the defense of some yeah. out of the ball for years um, and a questionable offense. I was going to say that 8% of people agree with you and have picked the Bears for this game. If they come out and make a statement like that, what better way to start off the new era? Sure. And even, if, yeah. even if they win the next or lose the next four or five games, it's the way you it's the way you come out to make a statement. Yep, and this is the very beginning of a rebuild, so they'll take any uh, anything they can get. Next up here, I've got Browns at Panthers. This is another revenge game with Baker Mayfield, now the Panthers quarterback, taking on his old team, the Browns, who will be um, who will have Jacoby Brissett uh, running the show for the first uh, twelve weeks of the season. That's really the only reason this is interesting. I, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, that's about it. It's in Carolina. Well, I would have it. I, I might have it above 49ers and Bears. Simply because the Panthers defense came out of the game last year as one of the top five defenses. And you're going off the best backfield in the NFL. So my question for this is, can the Panthers defense stop the Browns run game? I believe Baker's the better quarterback in this case but if the browns can run the ball effectively it's just like any other team that runs the ball well you only have to throw when it kind of that kind of pressure off someone like jacoby Brissett, where he's only got to throw the ball 10 15 times do it that leads me to believe the browns have a better shot if we see that top five defense by the carolina panthers under a much better quarterback of baker mayfield then the advantage comes out to the carolina panthers Interesting. So, yeah, who who you got then? I don't know. <laughs> I, given the way the Carolina defense ended the season last year, even with the upgrade at quarterback, I'm going to go against, or I'm going to bet for uh, Cleveland and that run game. If that run game can get going, it's going to make it a lot. It's going to keep Carolina on their heels because they're also going to control the clock. And if, and if, uh, the Browns can control the clock. It kind of negates the effectiveness Baker Mayfield has. That's true. This definitely f- feels like a game that's going to end like 19 to 15 or something. It's the lowest scoring kind of grinded out win by one of these teams. I say Carolina. You say Cleveland. Sounds good. I've got Eagles at Lions next up here. Eagles have become a trendy Gosh. pick right now. <laughs> Eagles are getting a lot of buzz lately as a a potential leader to win their division. And I think we had both actually picked them before uh, you changed just for 
um, you know, diversity's sake of opinions. Uh, and of course, they're going up against your Lions, Matt, who are uh, looking to rebound in a big way in Dan Campbell's second year as head coach. A lot of excitement in Detroit, too. <laughs> Thanks in, in some part to Hard Knocks, which has been really fun to watch and uh, going through their uh, training camp journey and preseason. As much as I am excited about the Lions this year, I am picking Philadelphia. I am, I'm sticking with it. I'm picking my team. It's going to be the Lions. That tenacity and that rough around the edges, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to bet against that unless I'm solid that the team they're playing is absolutely <laughs> going to mop the floor. But even last year, if you look at what Detroit had, look at how many of their games were super close. Oh, yeah. They made it tough. Of, mm-hmm. So I feel like another year together as a group only has made this team better. Yeah, and fair enough. And they're at home. There's going to be, I can imagine there's going to be a ton of buzz. It's going to be an exciting atmosphere at the stadium, and and they can definitely feed off that. All right, continuing the revenge game narrative, I've got Ravens at Jets up next on my list. Joe Flacco is likely to get the start for the Jets, or at least potential to get the start, as Zach Wilson is still recovering from that knee surgery a couple weeks ago. It's I had almost forgotten about it. It's been so long. But of course, Flacco is playing against the team he won the Super Bowl with Baltimore all those years ago. Although I'm hearing lately that Wilson actually has a chance to play this game. So we might not get that fun little narrative. Either way, I don't think it matters too much for the outcome. I'm taking Baltimore. Yeah, it, this is a no brainer. It's uh, it's yeah. Baltimore all the way. <laughs> and I this mean, is the most lopsided. Wrong. Yes, this is going to be, I feel like, a game that, while it may start off, you know, tight at the beginning, it's not going to stay that way through four quarters of like a seven to nine or a seven to ten trudge match. It's going to be start off small and then Baltimore will pull away very quickly. Yeah. And and this is the most lopsided in terms of the pick them game. Ninety seven percent of the picks have been for Baltimore. Or Jets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got uh, Saints at Falcons next. This is fun uh, because it's Marcus Mariota against Jameis Winston, who were first and second overall draft picks back in 2015. Uh, now, Jesus, neither has had. Ago? I know. Yeah. And neither of them has had the career they expected after being that high of a draft pick, but both find themselves in starting roles once again, and they're going to go head to head here in week one. Now, their division rivals uh, so that's gonna be fun in terms of the actual game the falcons don't have a whole lot going for them outside of um you know t- second year tight end kyle pitts rookie drake london Cordero patterson those are essentially their three offensive players and uh a pretty bad defense so and you know how i feel about the saints they're my other sleeper pick to make the playoffs and uh Jameis as well I like him, so I'm taking the Saints to win this one in pretty in a landslide. Yeah, I mean Atlanta just has nothing to work with. Don't get me wrong, I love Marcus Mariota. I'm glad he's gotten a, a shot to play uh, since he was benched for the Titans, but unfortunately he goes to a team with not a whole lot of help. Uh, so yeah. the Saints Saints are going to take this one. I'm hoping it's closer than we think it will be. At least make it interesting. But. Uh, 
I'm, yeah, I mean, these, I'm these keep my hopes up. These division games can often surprise because these teams do know each other so well. We can the standings and current form uh, matter less than than other games, so it, it could definitely be close for a while. I think the Falcons actually stole one of the games against the Saints last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, next up, got Jaguars at Commanders. Jaguars at Commanders. I've got next here Carson Wentz, now a member of the Commanders, starts his season against the team that ended his season last year and his time as a Colt. Remember that surprising game that eliminated the Colts from playoff contention, where they lost down at Jacksonville last game of the season. And on the flip side, it's Trevor Lawrence getting a fresh start with uh, Doug Peterson as head coach now. And uh, Peterson, ironically, was Wentz's first head coach back in Philadelphia. Correct. Stuff works out, yeah. Uh, I think it's the first game for Washington with the name Commanders. So, And they're at home, for whatever that's worth. But I think I'm actually taking Jacksonville. You know how I feel about Carson Wentz, so it's always going to be the other team. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just feel like uh, they they loaded up on they have a lot of talent on that offense now. They brought in Christian Kirk, which helps. Uh, you know, Marvin Jones, the veteran, is still there, pretty good. Travis Etienne is back healthy, and and I think they have. I think Peterson is just going to make this team uh, much more, at least, competent than they were last year. So. Um, and yeah, I just I can't pick Carson Wentz and feel good about it. I mean, Wentz has so. some big names around him too. You know, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, um, Logan at the tight end position. He's got components, but behind the best offensive line and the number one running back in the NFL last year, he still couldn't get it done. So yeah. I just, I can't put faith. And then Brandon Sheriff is no longer part of their offensive line. Like there's, there's too many unknowns for, for Wentz to have the confidence that what the commanders can do. Can they pull it off later? Sure. Out of the gate, not happening. Yeah. I feel like you could say a lot of that same thing about Jacksonville is they will probably get better throughout the year, but, but yeah, in week one, taking them to pull the upset. Giants at Titans, I've got next. I don't really have much to say about this one. The It's a new era in New York with Brian Dable now head coaching. And if they're going to do anything interesting this season, it's going to come down to can he fix what's wrong with Daniel Jones? And I don't, you know, it's the same, similar to the Carson Wentz conversation. You know how I feel about Daniel Jones. And I just want to say, Thank goodness it's Kevin's fantasy team this year, not mine, who's counting on Daniel Jones actually doing anything good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Taking the Titans. Well, to oh, me, it all comes down to my comeback player of the year selection. If they can get Saquon, Saquon and keep him yeah. healthy and get the ball in his hands and out of Daniel Jones, again, Daniel Jones may only have to throw the ball 10 times. My biggest concern is how effective is that offensive line going to be? I mean, I get it. If you take a hit, you shouldn't fumble the ball. But if you're going to get hit four or five times per game, you're going to start to flinch every time that ball snaps because you're kind of waiting for it. So I'm really hoping that they can get a run game going and that way it takes the pressure off. And maybe we'll actually see what Daniel Jones is supposed to do. (laughs) That's Um, true, because I feel like they do actually have 
decent receivers there. That's not the issue. Well, and like one of my guys at work pointed out, you know, he's been through how many coaches and offensive coordinator changes in his time there. Like every, he's never been in a con- constant or consistent system. Yeah. And every time a new head coach or offensive coordinator comes in, it's like, so you remember all that crap you remembered? I need you to get rid of all of it and do it my way now. Right. Throw it away. Yeah. It's not like you're getting a Brady or a Manning or a Breeze in there where it's like, you know what? You run the line. You know what you're doing. Yeah, well, uh, the problem is he, does, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> let's, not, let's, not, let's not try to defend Daniel Jones too much. I agree wow, with what you're saying, that, though. It's so a yeah, valid point. Am, <laughs> so, yes, I am not taking the Giants. Okay, smart man. All right, one game left. Last game uh, ranked in terms of watchability. Colts at Texans. Just like last year, I think the Texans are going to often occupy this final spot in my watchability rankings. But there is some intrigue here. Did you know that the Colts have lost their season opener every year, dating back to 2013? No, that's, that's almost that's nine years in a row. So if this if it happens again, that would be 10 straight years that they lose week one. That's about all the Texans have going for them. <laughs> Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. What happened? You made weird bloopy noises and then you disappeared. I after a couple seconds, of not, I didn't hear anything. So I just hung up the call and started a new one. Gotcha. Uh, so where did where did I lose you? I was talking about Colts and Texans. Uh, Colts I, made have lost. Joke, I made the joke that, you know, they have the opposite like Baltimore, where Baltimore's won like 24 preseason games and the Colts Colts lost nine preseason op- or nine uh, season, openers. season openers. Yeah. <laughs> so I was saying that that's the only thing the Texans really have going for them is uh, the Colts terrible week one record. Uh, but I, I guess I'm picking them to. Uh, to snap that streak before it gets to 10 years in a row and taking the Colts and they're my eliminator pick too. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Colts to me, I mean, Jonathan Taylor at running back a solid line of a much more upgraded quarterback. I'm excited for the Texans. David Mills seems like he could be potentially like an unknown. I mean, he was an unknown last year. Right. And then he didn't do half bad when he, when he started, um, no, that's true. So, I mean, he, they've got Rex Burkhead in their backfield. Um, I feel like they're Brand- trying to rely on Randall Cobb. Seems uh, Brandon to be Cooks. Like, Randall Cobb's Brandon on Cooks, the Packers. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Both aging slot receivers. My bad. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but, yeah, no, the, it's the Colts all the way. All right. Take a quick break. Come back for the fantasy corner. Now, let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. And we are back. We have entered the fantasy corner. Going to talk about our some week one matchups. <laughs> this is really the most exciting part. Uh, yeah, week one matchups. Uh, I'm taking on Jeremy in our redraft league. He has uh, so the scariest part of his team is, is the quarterback position is loaded with Mahomes and and Lamar, and he's also got Mark Andrews. 
paired with Lamar. So that's what I'm most worried about this week. As as for my team, my biggest issue is what to do with my running back two and, and flex. I don't know if I can start J.K. Dobbins week one. Don't know if he's healthy. If he is going to play, don't know what kind of workload he would get coming off of the ACL tear. Um, other guys in consideration are Rashad Penny on Seattle, who I it seems like he's going to get most of the work, but how successful is he going to be against Denver in a game that we expect them to be losing heavily for most of it? Uh, a couple other guys I could start, like MBS from Andre Stevenson, but we just talked about uh, how New England, is, you never know what they're going to do, especially with the running back position. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about in my week one. Uh, then I was looking at your matchup, your you're against my wife, and I was looking at her team, and I didn't realize this during the draft, but her wide receiver core is Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. Those are like yeah. three of the top five or six guys. Yeah, she is stacked at wide receiver. Uh, so that's, that's, yeah. that's pause for concern. <laughs> but if you think about their matchups, right, so even with uh, Devontae Adams and the Raiders – they're going off against the Chargers defense. So, and and you've got Derek Carr building the chemistry with them. So a stark stud receiver and will continue to be, but how effective and what does that do, honestly, for the other people on the passing team, knowing that Devontae is going to take defensive coverage. So right. I'm kind of gambling that he's just going to draw defensive plays and open the field up for Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. That's true, and uh, you could say the similar uh, similar things about Tyreek Hill, who's also on a new team. The, well, I in feel Miami. like Hill Hill is a gadget player, though, in a lot of cases, though, so he could be taking jet sweeps and stuff, and and he makes things happen because his once he gets going, his speed is incredible. And then Justin yeah. Jefferson is a great route runner. Don't get me wrong, but they're also playing a, against a much more revamped. Um, defense that we've seen in Green Bay and we usually never talked about the defense in Green Bay and last year they stepped up to the plate Green Bay's failures was not on offense it wasn't on defense uh, which was a shock for the first time that I can say it was on special teams <laughs> oh yeah and, and on Jefferson like we touched on in the preview he'll be going up against uh, Jerry Alexander most likely the Packers top corner so that's going to be you know a great battle to watch all, all afternoon I was looking at your team. I feel like you don't really have any decisions to make. Like your starting 10 are like rock solid. Yep. My only, uh, my only wonder is if I'm going to flex, I think it's, uh, is right now you got Boyd Patterson. Yeah. You got Boyd on the bench right now. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if it's, if I'm going to flex him in somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I like the idea of Cordell Patterson and my flex simply from the point that I'm hoping that he's going to continue to do what he did last year because there isn't really another choice. Yeah. And give him the ball and run. And I feel like I'm going to test the waters with that week one. I don't, again, with Cincinnati going up against Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, I don't want to put everything in on the Bengals just in case that line is still feeling it's getting its ground and it is going against TJ Watt. So I feel like I don't want to dump all of my Bengals players in. Uh, but then yeah, watch, yeah, this will fair. be the one game Boyd has like five touchdowns. 
<laughs> That's usually how it works in fantasy football. Uh, well, I can, since we're not playing each other yet, I can uh, more uh, genuinely than usual wish you best of luck. <laughs> yes. And I, and did I, you want? Yeah, good. No, I'm curious where this is going. Did I want what? Did you want to do a fan duel again this year? Uh, probably get that going, yeah, at some point. Yeah. Okay, great. And then other than that, uh, that's about it for this episode. Man, Matt, that was thank fast. you for hey, Yeah, I right. didn't read well, off the poll results. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, five people voted in the <laughs> Well, you say that now, just wait till you hear the results. Uh-oh. Uh five people voted in the poll and all of them voted for my team. So sorry, Matt. What? How's that possible? <laughs> uh, I don't know. And and genuinely none of them were me. I actually did not vote in this poll. I, I abstained. <laughs> Man, I should have voted and voted for myself then. I <laughs> but one person I asked uh said it was very close. So you got that going for you. I don't know if that's good or bad, though, like close to like we're going to the top or close like one of us is going to be at rock bottom. Or equally bad where we're both going to be at rock bottom. <laughs> Got it. Perfect. I mean, we don't have to get too deep into this. You clearly have better running backs than me. I might have a slight edge at receiver, but you have a big edge at, at tight end with Kittle. So I, I feel like it balances out. I mean, we'll see in a few weeks. I need to look ahead to when we're playing each other uh, so we can get that on the on the docket but yeah in, in circle that being, on the calendar for sure in regards to this being a quick quick episode that won't be the case for long as we get into um you know recaps and previews in every show but this has been nice to just be able to focus on week one without a uh, baggage of a prior week so thank you again matt for joining from the road absolutely uh, hopefully we can all just sit back and enjoy the, the first weekend of the NFL season, especially the build up like, to it. I feel like this week and then once you're knocked out of fantasy football is the only times you actually like can be like, ah, football. Just like the purely rest enjoy of that it. in yeah. between <laughs> is just aggravation and stress. Yep. As, as we like to say in week one, it's all downhill from here. So try to enjoy the first games as much as we can. And we will be right back here once we figure out our schedule sometime next week for to recap it all. You got it. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us at our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans and remember we will see you next week on the gridiron